Hi and welcome to the Everyday Fitness and Wellbeing Podcast, where today I speak to Jennifer Hadley, a naturopathic nutrition advisor and a hydrotherm massage practitioner. In this episode, we start with a look back at her recovery from the rare and life-threatening HELP, that's H-E-L-L-P syndrome. We also look at how massage therapy helped within the corporate setting for corporate well-being. And finally, we delve into the clean eating, gut health, IBS, easy meal prep, hacks, kids' lunch boxes, quite a bit on holistic nutrition and uh, even how to start your day. So I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Hi, Jenny. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Uh, really appreciate it. Nice to speak to you. Now, initially, I, I was just going to call you with a few questions that I, I keep getting asked and, and things that I've read or either listened to. And then I thought, listen, it would be really good to have a conversation with you and actually share it on this podcast series. Because so many answers, or rather, if I scroll back, so many questions that we both get asked are so common. It would be nice to share it out there, put it out there. I- now, first of all, it makes sense to introduce you. So, yes. uh, Jenny Hadley, what yes. what do you do and, and, and how did you get into it? Uh, well, I am a naturopathic nutrition advisor and I'm also a hydrotherm massage practitioner. Um, I have a clinic in my home in Norwich, in Norfolk, and I've been doing it all for quite a long time now. I got into it... Um, Scrolling back quite many, many years, I used to be an HR director for a company called Cake in London, and one of my roles was to make sure that the staff got back to their desk and working when they had all their issues. So I found myself spending a lot of time being passionate about their health, their finances, their well-being, um, ultimately to get them back to their desk, but it just really, really interested me to try and help people. So uh, in 2000, I first trained as a masseur, and uh, while I was still working in HR, I would then use those skills around the office um, when everybody was looking a bit tense, and uh, I would go up to them and give them a little massage. I've had the managing director laid out on the boardroom table, pummeling his back, and <laughs> all sorts of things I used to get up to, um, ultimately to increase the productivity of all the staff. Now, did, did that work? Uh, yeah. Right, right. Totally worked, yeah. I mean, everybody had their problems and, you know, I guess maybe I've got no way of knowing if I really did improve things. But I think that, I mean, they used to laugh and say that I was the <laughs> office mum. Uh, <laughs> I used to look after everybody and I had lots of lovely messages from them years later when we all reconnected on Facebook. Um, yeah. Lovely messages of people saying, oh, you really made a difference to my career and did it. So... Yeah, that's really, really nice to hear the little messages that you get back. So, so yeah, when I trained as a master, um, I did it a bit from home, a bit in the office. Um, then I had a break while I had my children. But actually, that was probably my real starting point as to why I became a naturopathic nutrition advisor. I was really, really ill. Right. I had my children. Um, I have a... Um, disorder um, that's related to pregnancy called HELP syndrome, it's H-E-L-L-P, HELP syndrome. 
and basically it nearly kills me i go into organ failure my goodness my goodness yeah it's quite serious well very serious um the statistics on um losing life uh, either the baby or the mother are actually really really high and it's a miracle that me and my babies survived it twice Wow. so i'm not allowed to have any more babies but i was really really ill my body um, encountered a massive assault on my organs when I went through the HELP syndrome. Um, The NHS were brilliant, absolutely amazing. They've saved my lives and my baby's lives twice. So, um, yeah, I've got great respect for the NHS. Mm. But after that, it took me a long while to get well. Um, GPs didn't really know what to do for me. and it was then that I started researching and finding out more and more about nutrition. I've always been aware of nutrition. My mother is a home economics teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've always had good, healthy food and food grown in the garden. Mm-hmm. And um, that was when I found my course. I, I trained with the School of Modern Naturopathy and it was brilliant. It was just the best thing I ever did for my family, for me. Um, and um really pleased to report that I'm really healthy now so what time what time frame was this Jenny um so you you were very ill after the first the birth of the 2004 first, 2004 yeah yeah the second one was in 2007 okay so from 2004 all the way through or or, or what what how what was the time scale of of illness and, and severity of, of the illness so uh, my son was born July 2004 and I don't think I ever felt normal again until about 2010, Bloody maybe God. 2011. Um, I had extreme exhaustion. Um, I would literally hit a wall halfway through the day and couldn't take care of my children. Um, it was really, really, really hard, really hard time. Um, always had that foggy head feeling, never Mm. felt clear in the head. Um, And you just have to survive. You you do what you can for your children. But I used to get down about it quite a lot. And I'm a very positive, uh, upbeat person. Mm. Um, And it was the thought that I had to resign myself to the fact that I was going to always feel like this for the rest of my life. Oh, my goodness. And I couldn't accept that. And it really was understanding nutrition more, understanding about clean eating, um, you are what you eat, making sure that I had the variety of the food, all the good fats, the proteins, the carbohydrates, everything I needed to get through the day. And water, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who knew we needed just so much, just water. Right, right. Now, okay, so let's dig into this this is 2011 is the time that you started to feel much better or not 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 feel much better but you notice you were feeling less unwell and when did you start the course or when did you really dig in Uh, roughly was it roughly the same time or was it no I had probably about two years of uh, fumbling my way around the internet finding information before I actually started my course yeah probably about that and actually what is amazing is how quickly I recovered wow okay yeah 
just for yeah. your and and you, you you said earlier that the GPs were scratching their heads. Uh, is it because it's how common is this? Uh, what, health syndrome? Yeah. Very, very rare. Actually, though, ironically, my GP's wife had had it. Okay. So it's really good to have somebody that knew what it was. Exactly. I mean, yeah. When I had my second pregnancy, I used to have to take my notes about what health syndrome is to my appointments because yeah. everybody knew what it was. It was that rare. Thankfully, as you said, the NHS were brilliant and they stepped up. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they were amazing. And you know, the fact that you know I didn't have to worry about bills at the end of it or anything yeah. like that. Come on, let's get political here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, with something so rare, um, yeah, it's it's hardly surprising that uh, that would have been a worry. Uh, yeah. You know, to, to be looking for specialist help, etc. Yeah. So you felt that with with the help of your GP, who understood, really understood, um, certainly great help from the NHS as well, yeah. and you doing your own research and getting into nutrition, you had a, a quick turnaround, a, a quick quick improvement, shall we say? Yeah, really quick. It's it's amazing how when you give your body the right things, it functions at its optimal it, it works wow so this is around 2011 and yeah, around that what did you do or what steps did you take to to that made the most difference uh let's think what did i do <laughs> i would start the day as i was very aware of uh taking care of my liver because it was actually my liver that nearly blew up okay um so i would really eat cleanly so I wasn't giving my body anything that it didn't know how to process so I cut out all artificial flavoring sweeteners sugars and things like that and actually that was really easy to do really easy um, just ate really really cleanly made sure that every meal had protein carbohydrate and the good fats I started each day with a big cup of uh, hot water and lemon Okay, yeah. Flush everything through. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really was as simple as just eating cleanly. Right, we might dig into the whole clean eating because yeah, it's been quite popular, uh, a, a bit of a bandwagon to jump on. Not a, not a terrible bandwagon. Obviously, I think you're talking about it in its truest sense rather yeah. than being gimmicked, so yeah. to speak. But let's get back to your course now so uh-huh. it's you've started your your journey of researching nutrition more and you've healed yourself yeah. and um what what exactly was the course or what exactly is a naturopathic nutritionist uh, well the naturopathic nutritionist looks at um you holistically so quite often at the gps you've only got a small amount of time they can only look at the one thing that you're going in and and saying well I've got this 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 and this but they can only deal with one thing at a time whereas a naturopath would look at the entire thing and link them together and would almost map out um, your health what might have started it out and caused this to happen then this to happen then this to happen yeah Um, and then you can sort of tackle the root cause of the problem Um, so 
personally from my course i'm not trained to make any diagnosis however i can look at all of the things going on and i can look at where i think the root cause of the problem is and so i can say to you you know what let's talk about all these things did this come before this did this come after that and they're sitting there going god yeah yeah that did oh that makes sense sure because they've not worked out that these things all could be connected so we then tackle that root cause. And I have to say, 90% of the clients that come in, we start with their guts. <laughs> oh. Everything starts in the guts. If your guts aren't working right, it's a knock-on effect of all sorts of other things that go wrong. So we start with the guts. There's a lot of research. I'm glad you said that. There is a lot of research and thinking about the gut being the second brain. Um, and if we don't want to go too airy fairy, at least the gut flora and oh, gosh, yeah. and how that interacts with everything. There's my big jar of what's called Jen's hooch, but that's my kefir water, and I brew my own probiotic. Oh, that's a well. Let's dig into that a little bit later as well. Um, and I'll probably pinch a recipe off you. I, I want to. Well, next time you're up this way, I'll give you some because they multiply. They're alive. Right. I've got tons of the stuff. <laughs> next time you're around, come around. I'll give you a jar and tell Excellent. you how to work it. Brilliant stuff. I'll hold you to that. Brilliant stuff. Okay, so you're saying about you're saying about a lot of problems starting with the gut. So common requests or common questions that you probably have i'd imagine ibs is uh, one of them but uh, maybe you could share other common questions you you get or yeah a lot of the clients come in uh they've been under the doctor and they're just kind of sent off with unexplained ibs and you know like i felt they just don't want to resign themselves to the rest of their lives being stuck with mm. this unexplained ibs so i helped them uh, work out what the trigger is for their IBS. Um, a lot of the times they have got a lot of other symptoms, whether it be um, anxiety, depression. With the women, lots and lots of uh, female hormonal-related issues. Uh, they'll have dry skin, asthmas, eczemas, and things like that going on, brittle nails, some of them are deaf, and these are all things that are started at the gut. Wow. So they make, and we have had times where people have come in and they've got some other issues going on in their body. And I say, you know what, I'm going to just start you with a a, a gut plan and see if that makes a difference, even though you're not presenting with any digestive issues. Yeah. But once we do start working on their guts as if they did have digestive issues, their other problem gets dealt with. So I imagine also in external factors such as stress, and as you mentioned also, anxiety, these other factors can compound as well on, on, the, on the gut. Uh, yeah. Well, it's a two-way thing, actually, with something like stress, is stress can affect your gut, but actually your gut can affect your ability to deal with stress. Okay, well, let's let's explore this more. So if we imagine a, a typical client who's come in and you've you've suggested investigating or starting with the gut in a in a basic format i mean really basic what sort of things would you be suggesting to them uh, say what drinking more water or cutting out sugar or 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 eating 
breakfast or not eating breakfast, say some, something very simple that you might start with. Um, well, quite often when people come in, they're really overwhelmed at the thought of changing their diet. We spend a lifetime, life, we spend a lifetime creating our eating habits. Um, so actually, as an adult, change eating habits is really challenging, especially when you feel rubbish. Yeah. It's overwhelming. So sometimes we do start with something really, really small, like saying, come on, let's introduce a big cup of water and lemon in the morning to start your day, and let's just talk about breakfast. Right, yeah. Okay, and I'll help them. So I'll say, well, let's have a week of you having breakfast, and let's plan it and work out, and this is what you're going to have. Um, but ultimately, what I work them up to do is um, an elimination and challenge plan. Um, we got given a fantastic plan from uh, where I did my training, uh, created by Linda Lazarides, who, who created the course. Um, she's got lots and lots of books published. And so it's been created through years and years of experience. And it's brilliant. Okay. Um, so we eliminate uh, certain food groups. Uh, I won't say too much on here because I don't want people to just go off and do it without sure. supervision. Okay, I also wanted to ask you a little bit about diets as a whole. Not a specific diet, but for example, we've got the 5-2, we've got fasting in general. Lately there's been the ketogenic diet, um, you know, higher higher fat diets. Um, I've recently heard about time-restricted eating. One of my clients was asking me about not eating after eight or not eating in the evening, etc. Vegan, obviously, recently did a podcast with a vegan. That was very interesting. Paleo, very fashionable. Oh, clean eating, as you've mentioned, although I think you've put it in perspective of its, its benefit rather than a... It's not a, not a terrible trend. <laughs> But we're bombarded with all these different approaches and often the key message is just less, as you've said, less processed, more green vegetables and fibre and not to eat too much or too late and as you said right at the start, more water and maybe maybe more Mediterranean perhaps as, as, as often put. Is, this, is it really that simple? Um... Yes and no. <laughs> oh, um, yes, I think it's as simple as clean eating. Um, I think that not one diet plan will suit every single person. Um, I think there's a lot of um, trendy diet plans that are not working for people because one, they're not doing it right. Two, they're not getting support. Um, I mean, the fasting plan for example would be horrendously dangerous for somebody who is um had hyperglycemia yeah so you know it's be sensible about what your current health issues are so it's trying for if you're eating to lose weight one get your health in order first start at the gut yeah two don't believe everything you read Planning is really, really important, but I do believe in eating the rainbow, clean, unprocessed, eat as locally organic as possible, um, but also don't go for pigeon-sized portions. Right. So a lot of people say, oh, I can't possibly eat this big plate of food. Eat it, because if you make your body feel that you're going into 
a proper fast, the first thing that's going to happen is your metabolism is going to slow straight down. Mm-hmm. So that's going to hold on to as much as it can. Um, and also making sure that you're getting really good variety as well. Um, there's so many plans that say, you know, don't have carbs, they're going to make you fat. Mm. But actually, that depends on the carb. If you're going to eat lots and lots of refined carbs, pasta, bread, pastry, you know, they're going to raise your health risks. And yes, they could add to your weight. But if you have good, slow-releasing carbohydrates like pulses, chickpeas, beans, and things like that, they've got more fiber in them. They are slow-releasing, so they'll keep your energy sustained. And actually, you're much less likely to feel hungry and snack on them. So, you know, it's find what's right for you. I see. I see. Definitely clean eating defined as what you've just put. Yeah. Um, unprocessed, a variety of foods. So avoid um, all the branded or not branded uh, weight control foods. You know, they try and make it really, really easy for you um, by saying this is low fat, low calorie and so on. Actually, a lot of them are then loaded with artificial um, flavorings and sweeteners and things like that to make them taste good. Actually, what that then does is an artificial sweetener will actually make you crave more sugar. There are lots and lots of other health implications from having these artificial sweeteners. I mean, they're a chemical at the end of the day. Why would you? Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, They can, let me see, I've got some notes here. So the artificial sweeteners um, can change your mood, your memory, your ability to learn, can give you headaches, insomnia, dizziness, fatigue, um, can make children hyperactive. I mean, the list of things that artificial sweeteners are known to do, I mean, don't get me started on aspartum and the ridiculousness of it being in diet drinks all the time. Um, And you're more likely to drink more of them because it makes you crave more sweet things. So try and avoid those uh, artificially sweetened foods that are meant to make life easier for you when you're watching your weight. Wow, wow. Okie dokie. Now, we may have to do a part two and and talk more in more detail about, if you've got time, of course, and certainly maybe about the, we haven't even talked about probiotics. We've mentioned gut health and gut flora. So what you're saying is when it comes to dieting, or diets, choosing a diet or choosing a an eating plan. In your words, unprocessed for a start and... Yeah, uh, eating cleanly, unprocessed, plan all your meals, make sure you've got your protein, good slow-releasing carbohydrates and good fats on your plates, such as avocado, um, and plan it. Plan your snacks and everything. Have a nice little jar of nuts and seeds on the desk so you're getting some good fats in through that way but planning is key planning is key good stuff which leads me nicely into my next question actually you're a busy mum so two two boys yes two boys so you're working from home you've got your consultancy work the hydrofirm clinic do you find yourself planning meals then and Absolutely, I have to. Um, If I didn't plan meals, I would end up reaching for something that isn't necessarily a healthy option because you haven't got much time. And don't get me wrong, I have those days. (laughs) 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 But, but yeah, planning is key with all of that I do. Um, I batch cook quite a lot. Okay. 
I do get time, I will do something quite simple like um, get a big thing of, um, I love turkey mince, so I'll get a big thing of turkey mince and I'll make a basic tomato-based turkey mince sauce, you know, with onions and garlic and tomato, and I'll put it into uh, freezer bags and I've got three or four meals in the freezer. So if I know I've got a ridiculous day ahead, um, I will get that out in the morning and let it defrost. And then when I get home, I can either easily make it into a bolognese or I can chuck it in a pan with some lasagna sheets and bake it in the oven quickly. It's ready to go. Right. Um, so that's easy. Um, other things I like to do, like a lentil curry or something. If I'm making one, I'll make two. Yeah. Put it the same with lasagnas and, and things like that. Um, I've got all sorts of things that I cheat with. I love frozen chopped onions. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, that, that's easy, it's quick, and you yeah. know where it's coming from. But you know what? It, it, in a way, it's a convenience food that you've yeah. put together for, yeah. your, for your convenience. Yeah. <laughs> but you haven't put any additives in there you haven't added any any rubbish etc okay let's stick with planning planning meals what would you say are the the must-do tips for planning meals and before you answer that it's obvious that you 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 don't plan for just one day you may plan for a two or the whole week or let's start oh, there first the whole week yeah definitely um so, for example, uh, one of my favourites is making chicken noodle soup. And I'll get a whole chicken and put it in the big pot and with loads and loads of vegetables and everything. Um, that night, I will take off the chicken, some of the chicken breasts and have it with some boiled potatoes and mixed vegetables and things like that. The next night, I'll have taken the bones out, obviously, and I've got a chicken noodle soup, chuck in some noodles, blah, blah, blah. And then the third night, I can put that into a pie or something like that, or you know, maybe leave a couple of days in between it or something, or I'll freeze the leftovers for another day. I mean, you, I guess that's old-fashioned cooking, isn't it? When yeah. people cook a roast on a Sunday and make a pie on a Monday. <laughs> it does help having a mother who was a home economics teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's and that must save some money to be honest with you, compared to always in and out of the supermarket. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I think I try and plan at the beginning of the week before I go shopping or whatever day I'm going shopping. I'll I'll write a list about what we want to eat coming up because otherwise it's really easy to get into the habit of just buying the same things and eating the same things. Okay, right. <laughs> so must do tips then for for listeners who who are going to start planning meals um you know your takeaway containers oh yeah yeah on a sunday night or whatever chop up those carrots those cucumbers all your veg and have them already chopped and ready to go in little containers in your fridge right meal preparation yeah it's dead easy then so when you come home and you've got two really really hungry children you're absolutely shattered it's just open the fridge and okay i can throw this 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 and this together it's healthy i haven't got to spend hours chopping okay well let's let's stick with children actually as you yeah. mentioned that um 
and and this is perhaps <laughs> this is perhaps a question that um, I'm really seeking an answer for. Um, <laughs> kids lunch boxes. <laughs> yes. Right now, I I it, I know it's beneficial as parents. We need to lead by example. Well, I have my vices and my sweet tooth, and it hasn't gone on unnoticed by my own children. So I've had to curtail um, <laughs> <laughs> certain bad habits. Um, what would you put in a packed lunch? What do you do? And what one or two things would you suggest to parents again I, I know we've just we've just mentioned meal preparation cutting everything up sure that's for larger meals but you know what lunch boxes are like and what kids want in their lunch boxes so what do you do and of course what would you suggest to other parents um i try and make my lunch boxes look as colorful as possible so that you don't open it up and everything's orange yeah. um, or beige. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I use the little takeaway containers. I have carrots and peppers and things cut up specifically ready for the packed lunches. Um, I have lots and lots of little pots, I've got little pots sitting on my desk now, yeah. um, that they have in their packed lunches. So in our packed lunches, they have a little carton of juice, um, and I use the wholemeal thins. I know all Burton's do them, but I think there's lots of other brands. They're just squares, mm -hmm. and so they haven't got the big crusts on or anything like that, and I think they're more bite-size friendly for the children. I'll put all sorts in there. Um, actually, no, I don't. I'm quite boring with what I put in them. Sam would have honey every day if he could, <laughs> but sometimes put cheese in. But actually, one of my little cheats is to put grated carrot into um. Sandwich, yeah, they don't really ever notice that it's in there, right? And another uh, little cheat that I do that they don't never ever notice is I use mashed avocado as a spread. Yes, I've I've tried that, I've got to be quite stealth with it. <laughs> yeah, oh gosh, if they spot it, one of my children loves avocado and the other one just thinks it looks horrendous. <laughs> I might go near it, but he little does he know he has a whole avocado every day, either in his sandwich or in his smoothie. <laughs> wow! Yes, it does does work in smoothies. Does work in smoothie. Yes, yeah. That is one of the other things that I have just started doing. Okay. Is making a batch of smoothie quite thick, um, and into these little pots, and I put them in the freezer. So oh. I'll put in banana frozen mango or kiwi or, or whatever and all they do these brilliant packets of milled linseed okay all their omegas in um and i put a big healthy spoonful of the milled linseed in and i'll either use i'll always put in coconut water for their electrolytes um and a bit of maybe almond milk or something and i put them into little containers like this and i put them in the freezer and then they're cold at lunchtime but they're like a Moose, they're quite thick. Wow, okay, okay. And that's a real healthy punch, and it's you know, the linseed has got good fibre in it. Excellent. I will, I will answer that recipe and um, I'll put it up on the website actually. Um, okay, and, but they and always that. have you know, some carrot sticks, peppers. Uh, yeah, but I'm going to start on that. They always have their wholemeal sandwich, one or two pieces of fruit, a juice, and um, 
I always put in, but they don't eat every day, uh, like a naked bar or a raw bar of some sort. Yeah. It's not their favourite thing to eat. Yeah. But if they are particularly still hungry, they've got something extra. And they know that I'm not going to tell them off if they haven't eaten that. I've always said, that's a little extra something if you're particularly hungry. Sure, sure. Um, and they also always, always have something sweet, either a really little cake, mm -hmm. a flapjack, or something like that because you know I don't want them to be looking at everybody else's <laughs> but 80% of their lunchbox is healthy good carbs fiber fruit antioxidants you know excellent so it's o o one it's over 50% healthy for, for a oh, start gosh, yeah. and um, you're not squeezing can you remember that Jamie Oliver episode where they were the parents were squeezing chips through the oh gosh yeah <laughs> so your kids don't have chips regularly at in their lunch but <laughs> not in their lunch boxes <laughs> no. yeah they I go think what we have just started doing is we discovered uh, i don't know if i'm allowed to give shop names but i've just discovered at aldi they do um a little sushi train it's only like one pound 60 or something oh wow and yeah, I send them in with a vegetable sushi tray. It's brilliant. Well, fair enough, fair enough. There's a little ice box inside the, uh, or, you know, uh, uh, not what's, what's it, an ice ice pack. I sometimes put a little ice pack inside the lunchbox to keep those, some yeah. things uh, cold. So, yeah. um, but, uh, okay. I'm trying to think what else I do. Uh Sometimes I do a little bag of uh, baked crispy kale. Oh, crispy is crispy kale. Crispy kale. I uh, there must be a, a knack or a skill to getting crispy kale just right in the oven without <laughs> it stinking and burning. <laughs> <laughs> just got to keep a close eye on it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Thank you ever so much, Jenny for for doing this I, I was going to ask you about exercise do you find time to exercise in amongst all this all the i do little short bursts so i tend to do like a couple of minutes before i get in the shower each day <laughs> excellent excellent <laughs> good stuff finally how can people get hold of you <clears throat> well my website is uh, uk. Um, and my email address is jennifer at nutritionnorfolk.co.uk or I have a Facebook page, which is Nutrition and Hydrocent Norfolk. So, yeah, any of those ways, you can get hold of me. Excellent. I'll put those on the website and um, also on the links. Brilliant. Thank you ever so much, Jenny. Take care. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. And there we have it. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, an interesting conversation with Jenny Hadley. Hopefully a part two, so watch out for that. You can contact Jenny at Jennifer, that's J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R, at nutritionnorfolk.co.uk. Also on Facebook, look for jennifer.hadley.health for her page. Plus there is information on HELP syndrome uh, if you go to the preeclampsia website. So that's uh, www p r double e c l a m p s i a dot org hope you enjoyed that see you next time